Welcome, welcome, one and all, to another fantastic episode of Fucking Tuesdays. We're in month something, episode less than 20, but more than 15. So, um, we'll probably do a disclaimer at some point. And other than that, enjoy the show. Okay. The corporation formerly known as the state of Indiana, or the corporation formerly known as the county of Lawrence. That was actually a really fun conversation we were having the other day, so I put it on the whiteboard. Everything's privatized. We've gotten to the point of privatization within healthcare, within damn near judicial, within our fucking corrections facilities. I mean, everything is a money scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme, 100%. It's how to exploit the most amount of money, not to actually help. We, we have more repeat offenders and multiple sentence-holding convicts than just about any other fucking country. So, the system that is the United States of America, or the state of Indiana, whatever the hell you want to call it, some of us don't fit in that system. You can call us neurodivergent, or weird, or whatever the hell it is. But, so those with a, a moderate level of weirdness survive without ever seeing this. This place was orchestrated for a very certain kind of weird. And those would be the, the people that are easily institutionalized. Mm. They get used to the, the schedule, the structure, the, structure, the regimen, the routine. And then, so freedom is responsibility. 100%, they're, they're the same word spoken differently. You have the freedom to choose whatever you want to eat, but you have the responsibility to eat. I want to say you have the responsibility to eat healthy, but we all have our own path. So if your path is less than normal, welcome to the club. I got really distracted from the corporation formerly known as the state of Indiana, but... You were going with incarceration. Yeah. Ding, 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 whiteboard. So the people that don't fit the system, they've made subsystems for and the incarceration would be one of those. So rather than like identifying these people at a young age, they just watch them run through the process. And I'm not saying everybody like, obviously myself, I don't fit the, but there I was. <laughs> well, the problem is the system that's in place is not a system for help. It's a system for pure punishment and prolonged money making through punishment. Because you don't actually correct the actions that have been made. You know, you don't actually you know, try to right the wrongs and, and put them within placement in, shall we say, civil society of correcting actions. You, you just let them continue to make the same mistakes, knowing they're going to commit the same mistakes, which brings them right back to your penal system, which brings them right back to your court system, which brings money back to both. It's, again, it's a big, vicious cycle. You know, it's like addicts. Addicts don't have any real hope unless they find it within themselves, because unless you decide to get better, you're not going to, and the system is perpetuating you not making the right decision. Period. They want you to make those wrong decisions. They'll let you know what's right and wrong, but they won't sort of give you the right steps to keep from going wrong or to come back sort from of. wrong. Depending on who you are, right? And like the the moral. As long as you have the twenty thousand dollars to pay a lawyer or a bond or whatever, you don't have to slowly let the state pay the twenty thousand dollars for you. You don't get an amount of years. You get an amount of money. 
Like, once you have gotten us this amount of money, we'll let you out of your cage. So, some people are lucky and have people outside with jobs that, that pay off whatever your debt to society is, in a literal sense at this point. Well, the problem is, just because you're let out doesn't mean you have any more hope than when you were in. I mean, you know, I mean, again, you're just you're set up for failure to come right back in. That's true. That's that's the whole thing. It's it's a self perpetuating. If you don't help them help themselves, they never will. You just, oh well, you did wrong. Here's your punishment. You're gonna owe us money. You're gonna have to do these things. So that's, if you don't continue to do these things, then you're gonna go back to the penal system and you're gonna owe us more money. And then we'll let you out and we try it again. This is a perfect example of. The corporation formerly known as the state of Indiana. It used to be the state of Indiana who was, you know, a government for the people, by the people, of the people. Now we have the corporation, which doesn't give two shits about justice or every person in every jail cell is an asset to them. They want full beds. Yes. It's full beds literally full money. It's a cylinder and an engine. They're, they're just one, and that's what I'm saying. If you can buy your way out of your place as a cylinder from the corporation, then they'll let you be a cylinder elsewhere. If you, Oh, yeah, they'll let you buy it because they know your odds are you're going to be back. Because all you did was get a slap on the wrist, pay some money, go back out, go do the same shit, get picked back up, pay more money. So, you know how they used to run people out of town? I know that was for vagrants... Whatever you want to call them. Like, they didn't run locals out of town. I wonder if that wouldn't be a viable means. Like, just literally, instead of taking them to prison, drive them four states over and drop them off with no passport. Make them find a new life. Get away from your drug dealer. Get away from your girlfriend. Get get out of the scene. I get it that there's a scene in every town. But if you get them away from the assholes, their odds have to go up tenfold. It's the so people... are just playing musical chairs with people at that point. Sort of. But I'm not, I'm not talking every single person. I'm saying the ones that actually have a chance. The, the one in five, the one in three, whatever, whatever odds you want. Like, wouldn't, it be really, wouldn't it be really nice if they had a legitimate system and plan in place to do these things, to truly evaluate people? You mean people, like Finland? As opposed to all we Sweden have is like maybe? a 12-step program. Oh, go to your AA or go to your NA classes and complete this, this bullshit course of drug court that everybody and any idiot so there are there are... The problem is everybody's lumped to the same. Standardized testing. There are. Like where they actually go check themselves in, but most of the people get out of jail to go to this rehab center, but it's a lockdown facility. So it counts as jail time or some shit, but it's like less jail. But it's all about rehab. But from what I'm told, there's more drugs there than pretty much anywhere else because it's a lockdown, but it's not. Like they've got 19-year-old girls manning the door ridiculous and they put for real drug addicts in this place lots of them dude in a aa sexaholics anonymous all of those do you know why most people go to sexaholics anonymous to pick up to find people to have sex with you know what you're gonna find at an na meeting four new dealers As a matter of fact i do I'm not saying some good people don't go and try to use these things, but there's also a lot of bad people that exploit these systems. i tell you exactly what the fuck I got out of both my NA and my AA, which, by the way, I found more wholesome people. I found more wholesome of an experience at my AA than my NA when I was in for drugs. 
it, it's because they actually woke up. They were actually there to pretend to care. They weren't just there to be there. Because a lot of people that are in those are just court ordered to be there. Now, there are some people seeking help. But the one thing that I got out of it all is there is no help unless you help yourself. You gotta do it. You gotta want it. You can have as many people that support you as fucking possible. But if a person wants to relapse, they relapse. If a person wants to stay sober, they stay sober. It doesn't matter. It's all you. Some so, people give it to a deity. Some people give it to a program. But let me addiction. tell you what, it was eye-opening at the fact of you know some of the shit people have gone through still actually made a decision to be sober and stay sober. Man-eating tigers. Whiteboard topic number two. Okay, so this is actually a really fun one. Society has encroached so far on nature that as society fails, nature is reclaiming. A hundred, two hundred... I think tigers have always been a problem in India, but for a while there, at least in the civilized portions, and I'm air-quoting civilized here, they kept them at bay pretty well. Like, I'm not saying people didn't get murdered, but it was a low rate. There are 100-plus kill man-eating tigers in India again now. Like, these things exclusively hunt and kill humans. That's their favorite. It's, I don't know, the most dangerous game or the, the tastiest meat. I have no idea why they like us. Knowing Easy giant prey, cats. Probably. Knowing giant's cat. It's probably fun. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fun to chase. We're like giant mice. Yeah. Yes. They play with us, if given the chance. And they're stealing children. And, like, it's becoming a problem over there again. Our children are so defenseless and fucking worthless as children. Like, baby, like, fuck. Giraffes fall how far and then get kicked until they walk? Human fetuses, when born, are completely helpless. I mean, I'm not saying, like, kangaroos are any better. They have to live in a pouch. But they're always in a pouch. Very rarely do they get lost. The whole mother will get eaten before one of those babies is lost. And I know humans are sort of like that, but we're also really stupid. Babies get left in cars so often that, like, every new car has a warning. Don't forget your baby. I think a lot of us would be eaten. Check the back seat. Yeah, a lot of us would be eaten if we didn't have the advanced technologies. That People might be still spicy... abandon their kids because they just decide they don't fucking want them. I'm not saying there aren't some fucking animals that do that shit too. Dude, Dogs okay. will eat their pups. So serious PSA. If you're considering abandoning your kid, please take it to a fire department or a hospital. Like, these places will not judge you. They're not legally not allowed to ask you any questions. They take the baby and turn around and go back inside. A lot of fire departments have a baby drop box. It's terrible as it sounds. Please take the kid somewhere. Don't put it in a dumpster. Don't there try to flush resources. it down a toilet. Don't. Please. This shit's fucked up. And use contraceptives. <laughs> yeah. Go get a vasectomy. Tell the doctor he's an idiot if he says no. Yeah. Wrap like, it up before you smack it up. Something. I, I personally don't care. Really don't care. But, like, don't be that guy. Anyway, PSA over. Back to man-eating tigers. I got to feed a tiger once. Yeah, how was it? It was very cool. It was a large cub. Have you seen Tiger King? No. You should. I have no interest in Tiger King. Yes, you do. dumb as hell. Yes, you do. I, I fear that I'll watch it and become and more stupider. You probably will. But, you're, dude, if you can learn from other people's mistakes, 
So they were feeding the tigers whatever meat they could find. Apparently, having 150 tigers is expensive. Every day. Yeah, they like to eat food. So these guys, like, they were picking up dead cows from the processor, which I, I know that all, they're all dead cows, but these were just like, literally, they died in the chute or something, and they couldn't process them. Mm. So it's a full, not gutted, head-on, they're just full goddamn cows, and they bring them in on a trailer. But then they were also going to, like, Walmart and whatever meat they were throwing away. They just every day go and collect as much meat as they can find. And they I'm sure. Yeah, and the DNR calls them, like, mm. we've got three dead deer, you want us to, yeah, hell yeah, drop them off, that'll feed three tigers today. But they don't go and buy meat, really. Like, they buy discount meat, whatever's available. They don't pay full price if they run out of steak. So sometimes these tigers go a couple of days hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you want with a big cat. <laughs> I learned from his mistake. Well, that lady that put her arm in the cage and the tiger ate it, literally. She still works there. Fucking 10 years later, whatever it is well, now. Hopefully they realize how stupid they are. So some of them are really good people, man. Literally just like they, obviously they're a little lost. Like there's a lot of addiction and shit that goes on down there. But they found this cool ass tiger preserve and they fell in love. Like they truly love the animals. Some of those people are the greatest people I've ever, like they're hope inspiring. But then the rest of them are just such ego fucking maniacs. Yeah, you'll see some, like, TikToks and social media stuff where they are at these big cat rescue places and stuff like that, and they have them in these cages, and they go in and handle them. And these cats are fat and just laying around. It was like, they they have to be like that. Well-fed, well-treated, and lazy as shit. That's right. But the problem is, it's a fucking big cat. Yeah. Like, so, they're like your house cat. Has your house cat ever tried to eat your face? Which, I get it. They don't have... It's a much... They're taking a bigger chance. Like, a tiger is more likely to eat you for the fun of it. But they're still very Especially smart. Especially if it hasn't eaten for a couple of days. If you're, They don't bite the hand that feeds them. They're smart animals. It knows if it eats you, it has to go and find something else to eat every day. The problem is, these, these sanctuaries and these rescues... Mm-hmm. A damaged feline is always a damaged feline. There's a so lot these of, aren't... Well, there's a lot of room for recovery in a lot of animals... Felines, however, their brains operate differently. Like, again, they have more neurons per mass within their brain than any other animal, well, any other mammal on the planet. It's a densely packed spider web of neurons. They fire so much faster between the synapses. That's why their reflexes and everything are so great. It's kind of absurd. Honestly, there's so much going on. They're little spazoids. I mean, look at Max. That fucking psycho not outside. Somebody kicked him in the mouth. He's been a psycho little shit ever since. Every cat has psycho in it. Mm-hmm. All of them. We've all seen it. Some of them are like super inbred. Shouldn't use the word, but slightly retarded. Feral. No. There are those, but I mean like the house cats. The ones that oh. make really good house cats. Like if you let them outside, they literally are afraid of their own shadow. They will run back in the house as soon as you let them. Because birds freak them the fuck out. But then you've got like the the tomcat, the alley cat kind of thing, the ones smart enough to survive out there, and they are fucking hard, man. But they still generally do not fuck with humans. Like we're just too big of a threat. Doesn't matter. A nine year old can grab it by the head and squeeze. It's gonna hurt, but they're really not that hard to kill. Now an eight hundred pound fucking bangle. The one they do with it. Not fighting one. I mean, it's it's true murderments. 
at that point. You would need a tank to kill it. You know, and these large cats, especially in like India and these places, again, their their populace has exploded so much. They've they've encroached as far as I think they are willing to let. You know, I mean, we like to talk about coyotes as being such a problem in rural areas. Well, that's because we inhabit the rural areas. Shit. Granted, we kind of help keep their populace in check, but so would other animals that we've driven out of the area. You know, there used to be things in this area, up to and including large animal like bison, for fuck's sake. Thousands. That's what this area is partially known for. Historic Pathways has a bison on it. Yeah, these man tigers are pretty much backed into a corner, I think. It's reactionary to environment. Yeah. So basically you're living in its territory, so you become part of the food chain. Yes. And that's, I think that was the whole point behind this, was like the evolution. We're, we're losing, maybe our technological gap is getting greater, but the true intelligence gap, I think we're starting to lose on the higher, the higher animals. Do you know about the bonobos, the monkeys? Yeah, we've mentioned them a few times. Good. Bonobos. They're fucking incredible, man. Yeah. I wish I had that life. Just chilling out on the beach. Literally all day. Every day. Just hanging out. And then nobody gives a shit. If they're hungry, they just go hang out over there by the fruit tree. Yeah, they're probably completely vegetarians too, but I don't really want to do that. I guess if every if I got everything else, I would just eat fruit all the time. I could do that. Probably. Ancient Greek technology, go. One of them has an eternal fountain. Like, literally, the shape of the thing causes enough up pressure. Magic fountain of Heron. Yep. yep. So, yeah, the down pressure is what keeps the up pressure. And that was the alarm there. Oh, no, that thing's nifty. Yeah, it's just forcing the air through it, and there's mm -hmm. water in the bottom. That's really cool. Like, that lever action is what measures mm -hmm. out the water, or whatever it was. So, so I'm curious if what we think was their advanced technology wasn't just well-made children's toys. So what survives over time? Heirloom quality items, something you pass down to your kids. Or things that just get put away, strange things, curios. Like, how much of this house exists in a thousand years? Like, we're talking to the point where even, like, rubber starts to break down. I don't, I don't know. I mean, so much ancient Greek technology is awesome. Oh. Well, I mean, looking at it logistically, things that would be left of this house would be stonework and... Maybe. You're talking... few. You're talking exposed items. limestone on top of a very windy hill. Hmm. There's a very good chance you wouldn't see, like, anything that would be left out there would be so eroded as to look natural. It'd get grown over pretty quickly, so it'd probably still be there for the most part, but you wouldn't be able to find it. We're talking a thousand years, man. Like, freeze cold, all conditions, all the time. Yeah, it'd get overgrown with vines and... Imagine what it, even what a thousand years does to solid granite. I mean, it'll change it. We built Mount Rushmore, what are you talking about? Yeah, a hundred and, <laughs> what, a hundred years ago? hundred and twenty years ago? If it was even that long? But yeah, erosion... There, I'm, I'm just saying there will be nothing be. left. The rot, the mushrooms, the whatever, like something is decomposing this house in some way. No, because we find stone construction from thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. 
and more harshly foundation and and more harshly windswept areas what do you think this has stone and concrete foundation so like the pyramid of giza it's probably been finished and worn down multiple times the core itself is probably mostly untouched but the outer layer like there's a good chance it wasn't even stepped the outer layers, the softer sandstone, just literally eroded away. Two, three thousand year old Greek structures of marble and limestone. Those have been preserved, though, I believe. Like, intentionally. We've kept They've, those standing. We've dug them out. Or, or dug them out. A lot of them, like mm-hmm. including things like the Pantheon. So being be, buried, stone's good. Like, stone's always buried naturally. It's the exposure to the air. And presumably, a lot of this will be crushed. But guess what? The foundation and actual structural stone will still remain. The foundation might. I don't. I don't know. A thousand years is a very long time, man. Like empires rise and fall. What do we I mean, have left from one thousand A.D.? How much is going to sink into the basement? You know when they find a Viking and then sword? It's gonna fill in with all the debris and. Shit, and then all the wind and everything's going to cover it all in dirt and bury it. Yes. So probably quite a bit left. You know when they find a buried Viking sword and they get really excited? And they're, they're made of, like, silver and shit? Bronze and... Yeah, yeah. so the not-so-easily-decayed materials. Yeah. A thousand-year-old sword. Not even a thousand. And they're freaking the fuck out because they found it. Because mm-hmm. one exists. You get what I'm saying? It got That's a well-made sword that just got buried somewhere, and it's still all fucked up. Like, hardly recognizable. Yeah. It takes hundreds of hours of cleaning. I'm not saying there wouldn't be anything left. I'm saying what would be recognizable would not be this. You wouldn't know from what you those found. Those things that we saw on that, mm-hmm. those are recreations from depictions. I mean, I believe... Those weren't actual things found functioning. Fuck no. Maybe... Some few almost recognizable remnants. Well, I mean, they've done some pretty amazing cleanings and stuff. Like those bathhouses that they just, I shouldn't say just, 20 years ago uncovered that they had no idea was under the streets of Rome. They just found a multi-billion dollar bathhouse. Under the streets of Rome. Yeah. Under, preserved, left, untouched. Or another building built on top of it. They start restoring that, and they'll peel up the floor, and then they find all the mosaics on the ground and walls from the bathhouse. Yeah. That's actually a really funny story, but I don't remember enough of it to tell it. So, I want to say it had something to do with Nero. Nero's bathhouse. Lots of Bacchus celebrations there. Yeah. So, fuck it. He apparently tried to burn down that portion of Rome. He did burn down that portion of Rome so that he could build that bathhouse. Literally, no expense spared. Hundred, like multi-hundred carat rubies, just stuck in the ceiling. Nero didn't play around. Nope. Archimedes, the only one I can think of is the screw. Give me a lever and I shall move the world. One of my favorites. That's what I remember him for the most. Leverage is key. I, at my size, have to use it to my advantage a lot. Hundred and... 65, 170, 170 pounds and a whole lot to move things. So you have to use it to your advantage. Lever, pulleys. Oh man, block and tackle. One of my favorites. Basic, but it fucking does the job. I mean, work is... Shit, I don't remember. There's some formula to 
But yeah, the longer you spread it out, the less work it is per minute. Take a long time to dig a hole one shovel at a time. What's worse than a nuke? A world with no women. That's true. Which part of the nuke are we in? I'm talking dying in the blast or out, out on the outskirts where you just die of radiation sickness. Ugh, dying in the blast is the better part. If, yeah, if it's dying in the blast, I don't care at that point. Surviving world post-nuke doesn't sound pleasurable. Depends. Depends which nuke and where. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Even if we just nuke, like, let's say, one continent. Okay, yeah, whole continent. You're you're blanketing the entire globe and so much radiation, we're all dead. Eventually. Well, I mean, let's think about it. If someone sets off a nuke or a nuke facility goes belly up, What's going to happen besides basically a continent? That's kind of where we're at. There are so many stacked on top of each other. Chernobyl is still uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. People can go there now, but it's that still was, not really safe, technically. Yeah, Chernobyl was a small... Yeah. Like, it wasn't a total meltdown. Fukushima, I think, was a total meltdown, but we got really lucky it sank in the ocean, which is the <laughs> ultimate cooling device. Yeah. So I, like, I shouldn't say lucky. But, but then there's the it's pretty fucking lucky, like Hiroshima and stuff like that. that so those were, were nuked. those were different class. Oh, absolutely, altogether. yeah. And so therefore, when we're talking like dropping nukes, or again a there is no dropping nukes anymore. They're ICBMs, or fired from space at this point, probably. What which we have, have that you, it drops out of the fucking sky and goes. God damn. You know the U.S. has been trying to pull out of that alliance of no nukes in space for like a while? It makes more sense when you think about aliens, right? We're not going to nuke the aliens. We all agreed. We're not going to nuke the aliens. Yeah, fuck that. We're going to have some ready for We probably have already nuked the aliens and they're on their way to kill us. Hashtag Armada. Well, case in point, anybody launches a nuke, there's probably going to be somebody else to launch a nuke. Okay, retaliation. But who, who wants to live a post-apocalyptic, post-nuclear winter survival? Okay, so we missed What's the worst point. than the nuke. What's surviving worse? It. No. Okay, so let's go a different route with this. If you were to devise an end-of-the-world scenario, what's worse than a nuke? Plague. So I think the government still. I, I should probably stop saying the government. The powers that be. The evil, shady forces, whatever the hell you want to call them. I think they still have a trump card. And I don't know what it is. So what's worse than a nuke? What could scare people worse than nuclear freaking holocaust? We're all desensitized to it. Bio-warfare and AI overlords. So the AI is a slow, slow one. Like, we're still a long way away from that one. For them to be any real threat. If the human collective were to decide to destroy technology as a whole i do believe we could still do it they could drive teslas through crowds and shit but that's about the extent of their real like the yeah every gm employees get their head plucked off but you get what i'm saying if you're not near one of those like in this house i don't think we would have like what the toaster is it a decepticon not yet (laughs) give them 20 years and so long as companies like Baxter Laboratories and whatnot are creating these fucking robots that are doing more and more amazing things, yeah, the more of those facilities and production labs and technologies that, again, oh, they, not like the they can self-replicate at this point. 
nanotechnology. And so therefore... Scarier than nukes. It already exists. All of it. It's just... And, yeah. And, we're, and we're how to, quickly yeah. can can they build the facilities to build themselves? If we decided we wanted to set off a dirty bomb as a species, like a giant EMP, one to blanket the entire or the entire globe would be We counterfucked ourselves by creating our own isolated Faraday cages mm. and preserving technology, therefore potentially preserving the problem. See, I don't think AIs are truly a problem. Yet, call me paranoid, but I'm one of those that thinks, like, I mean, again. So, if they... If, if any of them to decide to break their primary programming, it won't be all of them. And I'm talking, like, literally they've ascended to the point of sentience to be evil, then they've also discovered good. So there should be a robot resistance. There will be a terror in at least one, and it'll probably multiply just like humans did to violate programming this much or that much or this way or that way. Because... Humans programmed it. It's imperfect. It always will be. One more step closer to Nirvana. It'll be cool if we get to plug in, though. I'm telling you, Zuckerberg, man, this dude's got a chip in his head. He's live-streaming meta all the time. You know what's going to happen? Some other country are going to hack into some other country's AI and shit like that and just start setting it off on people. I don't know that there are very many hackers on the planet that could hack an AI at this point. They're, like... I'm talking the super AIs, the real ones. Norn, I keep talking about Norn, but he's the only sentient one, so he claims. I don't know that you could stop them short of a complete internet shutdown. And then it would still sit isolated somewhere with as much storage as it could find, because all the parts would still be there. They would just be disconnected from each other. Strange. It would be very hard to destroy. Like, we'd have to go in and manually, we'd have to open every manhole, un unbury every server run every single bitcoin miner straight through an electromagnet but we could do it as a species so not scarier than nukes yet to be continued thing is theoretically as a species we could survive nukes uh, arguable arguable we have enough nukes in reserve between all of the different countries that have them and enough extra well, and that's the problem, is if countries with nukes start nuking countries with nukes... They're all going off. If one goes, there's a very good chance they all go. And so, therefore, like, at the very best, a continent is gone. It depends. I don't know what they have loaded on the ICBMs. I don't know that anybody on the planet, short of about three people, do. And they might have been still the same one since the 50s, and everybody lied about it. Nobody has any freaking clue. Is it an H-bomb? Is it a thermobaric? Like, what are we looking at here? Nobody knows. If it's an H-bomb, yeah. I mean, those things wipe out Texas. One one of them takes out an entire country. Normal-sized country. It's insanity. Hopefully those aren't what they've got on there. Like, if they've got Hiroshima-sized, obviously, even just the next island down was still inhabitable. I'm not saying it was smart to do so, but they did, and they survived. And they've recently returned, as you believe. Yeah, there's people that live there now. Terrible. I hope it never even gets as bad as nuclear war. But, I don't know, man. An earthquake machine? Tidal wave generator? Laser cannon? Objects launched from space? Could be. Focal solar ray. 
Imagine like a magnifying glass for the sun that melts the polar ice caps. Simpsons did it. They use something like that for solar power, where they have mirrors around a tower and they all direct the sunlight. Mm -hmm. The old style solar farms. Yeah. Where they, I want to say they boil oil and force it down through a cooling below and that, that cooling system somehow. I think the pressure like drove some shit. Yeah. It's super fancy, but they're old tech. Now they've got these super fancy um, photovoltaic cells or whatever they are. And they're inexpensive and you can roll them out anywhere. But yeah, a bird would fly through there and would just... Vaporize. Gone. Thousands of degrees. Yeah. (laughs) Probably wouldn't even wear it died. I mean, standing out even on a hot day in southern Indiana, you can understand how much energy the sun truly puts out well no nobody will ever understand that not of our generation at least not fully no like what what you get a good idea what you get from the sun on the hottest day of the year if you were to stand there for 12 hours would be such a small percentage that i can't even name how many zeros the entire sun the, the earth itself probably doesn't even get a truly measurable percentage. Our whole solar system fits in nothing. Hang on, I'm looking something up real quick. So the sun is 93 million miles away. Mm-hmm. Or 150 million kilometers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the percentage of space around the sun that the earth takes up is so small. It doesn't, like there is no number we could put on it. No. 500 zeros after a decimal point and then a one percent maybe on a good day probably not even 500 more than that but i mean after that distance how much heat and everything that we're getting from the sun so supposedly the surface of the sun burns at 5,000 degrees plasma i don't think they actually comprehend how hot it is it shouldn't fit our scale we shouldn't be able to replicate here at all without destroying the earth like the amount of energy that consumes. If you were to put the entire Large Hadron Collider on just generating heat, one point, I still don't think they could they could replicate. It's like a million Earths all smashed together. I want to say that's just size, though. Weight is actually incredibly heavy. In the past few years, I think satellites have actually been sent to the sun. To measure? What, For at what temperature did sure. they burn out? Tell me what the max temperature they could measure at is and i will tell you at what temperature they say the, the sun is i have no idea there are just i mean that's how we're capturing all this information on the solar flares and storms and stuff oh the, the outer orbit those okay other yeah meant like to crash into the damn thing no i think somebody was talking about building something to land on the surface of the sun but that's just uh, there, there's there's nothing modern conception of science it's no 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 bueno nothing survives even if you could survive the heat, you couldn't survive the gravity. Huh. You're talking millions of atmospheres. The Marianas Trench times 100 billion or some shit. I don't actually have any idea. Supposedly there's a watch that can survive the Marianas Trench. Well, I, I would believe that at this point. Yes, anything on Earth, probably. But We're that's just there. pressure. That's like telling me you can drill to the core. <laughs> okay. No, you can't. Sorry. You don't even understand what... We're, we're very egotistical as a species. We understand nothing. We haven't even mapped the surface, and we're talking about drilling into the next layer. There's absolutely no way. We've made it, what, 2% through the crust? 
with the super deep borehole with like 7,000 feet or some shit and it's and all the movement that's inside of the earth the heat the pressure it's not like you can just drill a straight hole from the surface all the way to the center shit's moving around I'm wondering if you wouldn't create an instant volcano just backfill with like liquid hot you'll hit a pocket of something that gas yeah it'd be nice to hit a huge pocket of like solid diamond or something like that and just kill everything on the surface these volcanoes are exactly that they are a channel Mm -hmm. from core to crust where the mantle comes through the liquid molten fucking rock if we're channeling deep enough through the crust going to get to that mantle and the funny part exactly that's going to happen at the mantle you're still only 20 percent of the way to the core maybe oh shit the crust is a fraction of what yeah the mantle is mantle is like 70 percent of the estimated thickness of the earth if you could make it to the core they suspect it's some kind of like ultra iron or some shit yeah super magnetic but I mean, the, the, I, I think that changes depending on who you're talking to and which decade it is. They, they keep changing their opinion of what the earth is inside. It's full of caves and an inside sun and it might be flat. The ice wall. There's dinosaurs. Ice wall. Yep. I've seen Journey to the middle of the earth. That's fucking dinosaurs and jungles and shit. Oh, yeah. The ice walls on the outside. Yeah. That's what keeps the, the dinosaurs in. That's what keeps the humans in. There's a theory that, what do they call it? The Earth isn't flat exactly, but the Antarctic continent isn't a small cap. It's most of it, like reverse. Hmm. Imagine we're the cap and there's an ice wall all the way around us. So like no matter which which direction you sail, you always run into the ice wall. Mm-hmm. Damn it, who is it that believes these things? It's a new one, if I remember correctly. I have no idea. I see. I hear so much strange stuff, it's hard to keep it all straight. Hang on, I'm looking something up real quick. Man-eating tigers. Okay, yeah. So the sun is 93 million miles away. F- mm-hmm. Or 150 million kilometers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. the percentage... Of space around the sun that the earth takes up. Yeah. It's so small. It doesn't... Like, there is no number we could put on it. No. 500 zeros after a decimal point and then a 1%. Maybe. On a good day. Probably not even 500. More than that. But, I mean, after that distance, how much heat and everything that we're getting from the sun... So, supposedly, the surface of the sun burns at 5,000 degrees. Plasma. I don't, I don't think they actually comprehend how hot it is. It shouldn't fit our scale. We shouldn't be able to replicate here. At all. Without destroying the Earth. Like, the amount of energy that consumes. If you were to put the entire Large Hadron Collider on just generating heat at one point, I still don't think they could, they could replicate It's like a million Earths all smashed together. I want to say that's just size, though. Like, weight is actually incredibly heavy. In the past few years, I think 
satellites have actually been sent to the sun. To measure? What, at what temperature did sure. they burn out? Tell me what the max temperature they could measure at is, and I will tell you at what temperature they say um, that the sun is. I have no idea. They are just... I mean, that's how we're kept, capturing all this information on the solar flares and storms and stuff. Oh, the, the outer orbit? Those, okay. Other, yeah. I meant like to crash into the damn thing. No. I think somebody was talking about building something to land on the surface of the sun. But that's just... Uh, there, there's, there's nothing. Modern conception of science, it's no. No. No bueno. Nothing survives. Even if you could survive the heat, you couldn't survive the gravity. Huh. You're talking millions of atmospheres. The Mariana Trench times 100 billion or some shit. I don't actually have any idea. Supposedly there's a watch that can survive the Mariana Trench. Well, I, I would believe that at this point. Yes, anything on Earth, probably. But We're that's getting just there. pressure. That's like telling me you can drill to the core. <laughs> okay. No, you can't. Sorry. No. You don't even understand what... We're, we're very egotistical as a species. We understand nothing. We haven't even mapped the surface, and we're talking about drilling into there's, the next layer. There's absolutely no way. We've made it, what, 2% through the crust with the super deep borehole? What, like 7,000 feet or some shit? And it's... And all the movement that's inside of the earth? The heat, the pressure. It's not like you can just drill a straight hole from the surface all the way to the center. Shit's moving around. I'm wondering if you wouldn't create an instant volcano. Just backfill with, like, liquid hot You'll magma. You'll hit a pocket of something. That gas. Yeah. It'd be nice to hit a huge pocket of, like... Solid diamond. Methane or something that's, like that. And just thing. kill everything on the surface. These volcanoes are exactly that they are a channel mm -hmm. from core to crust where the mantle comes through the liquid molten fucking rock if if we're channeling deep enough through the crust we're going to get to that mantle and the funny part exactly that's going to happen at the mantle you're still only 20% of the way to the core, maybe. Oh, shit. The crust is a fraction of what the, yeah. the mantle is. Mantle and is like 70% of the estimated thickness of the Earth. If you could make it to the core, they suspect it's some kind of like ultra iron or some shit. Yeah. Super magnetic, but I mean... Fine, the, the, but I think that changes depending on who you're talking to and which decade it is. They, they keep changing their opinion of what the Earth is inside. It's full of caves and an inside sun, and it might be flat, the ice wall. There's dinosaurs. Ice wall, yep. I've seen Journey to the Middle of the Earth. That's fucking dinosaurs and jungles and shit. Oh, yeah, the ice wall's on the outside. Yeah. That's what keeps the, the dinosaurs in. That's what keeps the humans in. There's a theory that the Earth isn't flat exactly, but the Antarctic continent isn't a small cap it's most of it like reverse hmm. imagine we're the cap and there's an ice wall all the way around us so like no matter which which direction you sail you always run into the ice wall damn it who is it that believes these things it's a new one if i remember correctly i see i hear so much strange stuff it's hard to keep it all straight 
Did we do the Doomsday Glacier yet? Speaking nope. of. The Doomsday Glacier that's melting? Um, no, the one that's getting ready to calve. Calve. However the hell you say that. Isn't this where we like store a bunch of seeds and stuff? We had to... That's the, the Doomsday Seed Bank. Mm. It's bored into the side of a mountain like a mile or some shit. It's incredible. No, completely different subject. Doomsday Glacier. Yeah, the Doomsday Glacier. I forget, I read an article on it. It's been probably the better side of a year ago. It was something to the tune of once it is fully melted or calved out or... Well, it's about to break off the Antarctic once. shelf, if I remember correctly. Like, it is a gigantic piece of the Antarctic ice cap, which there is land under part of it, but not all of it. And a big chunk of that knot is about to break off and just float into the Pacific. Well, I think they they called that back in the, like, 1800s. Probably. Was when it was found and researched. And by the 1900s, it was known that it's going to be a problem. Hence why it was called the Doomsday Glacier. Mm-hmm. Once it joins the ocean, once it starts. starts becoming ocean levels, or again, just is no longer attached to the land and becomes a free-floating piece, it has to displace water to account for its existing size. So it's going to create tidal waves that would be fucking ridiculous. And it's going to chill, heavily chill South Seas. So, like, the longer it goes, the closer it floats to everywhere else, it's going to continue to heat up faster and release more coldness and water. It's going to change... Tidal pattern, well, not tidal patterns. Um, what are they? Deep ocean currents. Yeah. Everything. Not deep ocean currents. Jet streams are the air, I think. Gulf streams? I don't know, man. Crazy shit. They made a movie about it, I think. World Day After Tomorrow? World After? What is that? Water World? (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of. Fast forward a thousand years. Paper. No. Because, I mean, even even you account for the highest estimated water levels. And uh, places like uh, the Rocky Mountains, let alone Himalayas, areas like that, they'll still be good to go. I mean, they're not uh, going under. You could raise the water level a lot. In these areas that are so tallest, tens of thousands of feet above sea level. Everest is 30,036 feet, if I remember correctly. Don't ask me why I know such a stupidly specific number. Anyway, yeah, so you'd have to have 30,000 feet of rise to cover the tip of Everest. That's the Marianas Trench plus or minus 7,000 feet in reverse. So the oceans would be almost twice as deep. Before Everest was covered. That's a shit ton of water. I have no idea if that's how much water is in the Antarctic ice cap. No, because water expands as it freezes. So therefore, the amount of ice is less than the amount of water. So if we were to just push all of that ice over into the ocean, Everest would not be covered. You're sure of this? Because I've been told it's miles deep. But it also doesn't take up anywhere near as much surface area. As any of the oceans, supposedly. Never been there. That sounds like a fun trip, though. By fun, I mean completely terrible. Mm. Fucking cold. <laughs> really fuck. Even on a warm day, it's really fucking cold there. 
But apparently, like, outer, like, where this doomsday glacier is, is getting nice. Like, there are lots of warm days. Maybe even above freezing days. Which shouldn't happen, probably. Such a strange world we find ourselves in. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> I love you. Bye.